welcome to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, all things relationships, well-being and yoga. And today I have my friend on here. Hey. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is a Reiki teacher, yoga teacher, author and founder of Your Enough Yoga in Hove, uh, East Sussex. And she is in her greatest joy when empowering women to overcome or uncover the medicine of deep rest through yoga and Reiki, revealing the truth of being just as we are so thank you yeah i'm so excited <laughs> thank you so much friend it's nice uh, to yeah. share the platform with you and be on your podcast <laughs> yeah i think we've known each other i don't know it must be a couple of years now from oh, do you know i don't even think it's i think maybe like 18 months maybe but i i sort of oh, knew yeah. of you before we'd actually met each other uh, from like covering yeah. classes and stuff yes. and so it took a little while for us to actually meet but then it was yeah. good when we did yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we normally go for coffee don't we but actually we're doing it on yeah. zoom today <laughs> wait i've got my cup of tea though have you got anything no i haven't actually no <laughs> oh that is a terrible missing we need a warm drink <laughs> it is especially when you get something in your throat I had that the other day and I was like I gotta get a drink yeah so we can't talk <laughs> so back to you anyway um yeah how did you kind of get into Reiki and yoga and what's your mm. kind of journey or your story yeah there's always a journey isn't it there's always something that kind yeah. of sparks things off and you find yourself sort of on going down that kind of train track except it's not train tracks are generally like quite straight linear and I think things to do with healing um any modalities be it reiki yoga anything else that helps us like move energy around our bodies and yeah move. you know same as how I like to move my body isn't in like a linear kind of like straight way I'm really attracted to shapes that are kind of cyclical fluid like that so it really reflects the actual journey there's a bit of poetry that I didn't really realize had happened <laughs> on my journey um I first met Reiki when I had come out of a really quite shit relationship with somebody and it had been kind of long term. We'd been together for probably just over two years and uh, I didn't know at the time that what I was in was quite a psychologically abusive relationship. Mm. Um, and I didn't know that because it really followed the pattern of previous relationships that I'd had. So actually what I thought I was experiencing, even though it was quite um, uncomfortable, in fact, very uncomfortable in a lot of different ways with the kind of second guessing that I do for myself and um, feeling like I, when I was talking or even moving around the house, like I'd be walking on eggshells. I sort of thought that that was how relationships were. Yeah. And, you know, I'd hear other people talk about their relationships and I'd be like, oh, mine doesn't sound like that. Or oh, what am I doing wrong that this isn't happening in my relationship? And 
when this one particular one ended, like I can't lie, like I was definitely in a kind of hot mess kind of state um, as you are when a relationship breaks down and it yeah. was all very sudden. Yeah. Um, he ended it. And I always kind of thought maybe that if it would end one day when I was starting to sort of understand that maybe there's something wasn't right, I'd be the one to walk away. But he yeah. just kind of dumped me out of thin air and it was it was very shocking. So there was a kind of trauma of that. Um, and my best friend, um, who I knew from work at the time, um, she came around my house one evening and I was crying, which was a general theme at that time. And um, she was like, look, I've got something. Can I do something that might help you? Or it might just let you feel a little bit more relaxed so you can sleep better tonight. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I need that. Um, so I was like, do it, whatever it is. Like, I'm kind of desperate, go for it. Um, so she sat next to me on my bed and she was like, I'll lie down and you can put your head um, like on a pillow, but like just in front of me. And she told me after that she was sharing Reiki with me. And I was like, whatever it was that you were doing and how I felt during that time, I was like, I need some more of that in my life. Uh, yeah. And all that happened was she just put one hand on my forehead and just cradled the like the base of the skull, just where um, that, that um, it's a really important area because we have so much fluid that moves between the skull and the sacrum down on the low back. So it really felt like what was happening when she had her hand on the back of my head was like something was getting released, stuff that had been stuck. And then this tension that had been all over my forehead for weeks was slowly starting to dissipate. It was kind of like, um, it was like a cool sensation, like water moving. But what was weird and had me kind of get more interested was that she didn't put her hands on my heart whatsoever, but it was like my heart got warm wow. and it felt like, you know, there's no other way to say it than like really nice sensations, like a hug. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So she's not touching my heart but my heart's responding and I'm feeling good. And I had some tears, like that's a very natural response yeah. with energy, healing and release, like tears, laughter, <laughs> various things. Um, so she only shared Reiki with me for about 10 minutes. And um, I did sleep, the best sleep that I'd had that night in a long time, you know, the weeks um, sort of previously from the breakup. And that was a sort of line in the sand for me. I was like, I want to learn more about this. Is it possible to do this for myself? Do I have to always go to another person? So I had another Reiki session from a practitioner um, and then was like, that's it. I'm gonna go and have a Reiki one course. I'm gonna learn it for myself. Um, yeah, the rest is sort of history with that yeah. really. And it's, you know, it's been a journey that's taken a few years as well because now I teach Reiki and I, I share um, a professional practice um so that's that but it was one of those moments of like I need something and the Reiki was like there and I do really think that it turns up when we need it yes yeah it really does and it and it helps with your trauma as well because obviously you've gone through that and other things and and you need mm. to get at that point definitely yeah yeah exactly yeah that's right so so at the time when my friend shared Reiki with me it, it was the kind of back end of coming out of a really that really challenging relationship and then later sort of moving forward in life where some, you know, some really difficult things happened and, you know, more at the topic of the, the chat that we're having today about healing and recovery from sexual violence, I was able to turn towards those practices that I learned in Reiki level one that was all to do with 
being quiet and just taking time for myself and placing a hand on my heart, placing one hand on my forehead and the, the, the profound shift in comfort that I felt from being in quite a high state of anxiety a lot of the time that it would only take maybe about two minutes to drop down from maybe like a really heightened like eight or nine on the sort of scale back down to like a six yeah and you know at that time that was about as kind of drop down as I could get now we can go down to like two or a one <laughs> but at the time it was like six will do this feels better I'm feeling better so yeah, yeah. thank you Reiki basically <laughs> that's amazing and as I said earlier you are an author what's your book called and what's it about Da, da, da. Well, as if, thank you thank you that means a lot I'm I'm proud of myself too um and I have to keep kind of like taking in that for myself because I think historically I've been the kind of person who does things and hasn't quite let it sink in that what's been done has actually happened and I've wanted with Shadow and Rose my book to be like I wrote a book let's just take that in yeah for some time, that's a big you know? feat <laughs> yeah um, so yeah, Shadow and Rose, a soulful guide for women recovering from rape and sexual violence. The little tagline on the cover says, shine light on your heart, bloom into your power. So you can see the heart theme there <laughs> again. Um, I didn't realize up until that, you know, just going back to Reiki, that I'm a very heart-centered person. I thought I was like quite intellectual, cerebral, and had myself down as like a, I'm like a clever person clever smart good with words that kind of thing and I didn't realize that what was waiting to come out was was my heart and that kind of heart opening for myself and gradually for other people so yeah there you have it there's the book Shadow and Rose you know what but at the start of our call I went to go and get it so I'll show you but obviously people can't <laughs> see it because this isn't a recording and I was like oh I forgot we're not being filmed so <laughs> people who are listening I'm just waving my book in front of the camera for me and Gemma to see right now and maybe it's vibes are coming through it <laughs> is <the> <laughs> <laughs> and where can we get that where can we buy it you can get it various different places online um if you like amazon buy it on amazon if you don't like amazon then you can go to anywhere else like the barnes on noble you've got blackwells waterstones many of your favorite online retailers yes yay that's amazing and how did you kind of get into yoga then as well was that from your recovery as well and your trauma mm, i would say that my yoga practice my personal practice now and how I teach is really informed by my own recovery and the styles and practices of yoga that have helped me. Um, so officially I did my training in, in Hatha yoga and I've got to say, like, I loved it. I love that training. And I still teach, if you want to give things labels, like I still teach Hatha yoga classes now, um, but very much incorporated into that is going back to my like fluid thing fluid movements that are some are standing some are kind of halfway up between the ground and standing others are very much on the ground and things that help us kind of um release and soften as well as going towards maybe something more energizing and something that feels maybe a little bit more edgy but we never have to like crash into our boundaries and go too much towards the edge um, I think a lot of, you know, yoga isn't just there for like purely physical exercise, if at all, 
that's an entire podcast episode for itself um <laughs> as we've been previously speaking about um but there's a lot of chat around physical practices that are about do more go harder do it faster sure that has its place because loads of those practices will be like good for your heart in various different ways if they're done well over not a really long period of time um but yoga isn't there for that and i think now the way that i teach is really reflective of the kind of calm and quiet that people need generally in life like the world is really busy yeah. so why make yourself more busier and more strung out when you go towards a practice like yoga which wasn't there to help you feel more busy and strung out or it wasn't there to make you get sweaty you know in the start thousands of years ago you just had blokes sitting around wearing like dust yeah. and mud sitting in the forest in various parts of India they weren't trying to do anything particularly snazzy with their bodies they were sitting in there in meditation and you know women found the practice much later and then took it in our own kind of like smoother softer direction away from the kind of modern physical yoga habits that yeah. were taught of like do a downward dog do a triangle pose I'm sure those things do feature in my own practice when I'm on my mat at home and they do feature in some of the classes that I teach um but when I originally went to go to a yoga class like a few you know quite a lot of years back I was met with a practice that didn't really seem to serve what I needed or so I thought what I did yeah. actually need was to have some quiet time something calmer something quite slow but I came from a background of being um really into running I was doing a lot of long distance running and so my calves all of the legs all of the lower back in fact fuck it my whole body was just like <laughs> aching for something that was like more of a release and it did need to lengthen elongate I'm going to say the s word which is stretch and I try not to say that when I'm actually teaching yoga um I did need those things but I found things to be so slow that what I was hearing all the time was just my mind, like the whirring. Yeah. And I didn't like it. And so I didn't bother going back to yoga again for like another couple of years. Um, there was also something to be said about the teacher that I went to was pretty strict. They did some hands-on adjustments that I wouldn't wish upon anybody, you know, it wasn't, you know, they weren't hands-on adjustments. I don't say that in a blase way. They weren't adjustments that were in any way kind of um, like invasive or abusive in that sense. And of course, you know, yoga teachers will know the difficulties and the real challenges that have come up around teachers like Patabi Joyce from back in the day, who was doing his physical hands-on adjustments, which is basically sexual abuse towards women and to men within his within his classes. So that wasn't something that happened to me, but it was an element of touch that I didn't ask for. And had I been given a choice, I would have said, no, I didn't want that person to move my hips in one particular direction. I didn't want the person to take hold of my heels and move my heels closer to the ground in down face dog. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that I could say no to that mm. happening. Yeah. So I just rolled with it. So my, you know, my early experiences of yoga weren't like, they weren't the best. And it was when a friend of mine around the same time that I was kind of coming out of that really difficult relationship that I mentioned, the psychologically abusive one, 
she came to my house and she did a one-to-one with me and that completely changed everything like it changed my view of what I thought yoga had to be like it changed my view of what I thought my body was capable of moving into in terms of like um poses I prefer the word shapes rather than poses poses feels way too static yeah true but it was able to return some flow back to me for like a really precious sort of 40 minutes when she came and did that one-to-one with me in my house and that was like right I'm gonna find yoga which is like that and I didn't know at that time that I was going to be a yoga teacher this is going back a fair few years but now I really care about bringing those kind of like more pleasant or warmer sensations into how I teach and sure, there'll still be some bits that people find uncomfortable because that's the body. Our modern bodies are like, oh, I don't want to do this and I can't do that. Yeah. yeah. And then that's part of it. Eventually we soften in towards those more quote unquote challenging yoga shapes. And uh, yeah, no one has to go and stand on their head in the corner to try and feel good. It's all good. <laughs> you can lie down instead. <laughs> that's so true. Now we are going to go to a short break. See you the other side. Have you heard Paradise Movement is expanding? Our app has launched and it has been carefully crafted for those who are beginning your spiritual journey and seeking support, far along in your spiritual journey and looking for expansion, feeling alone, lost or curious about your healing self or purpose, need support but are unsure of where to find your truth and are looking to challenge yourself to grow within wellness or spirituality. Are you drawn to crystals, chakras, astrology, manifestation, shadow work, energy healing, spirit guides, meditation, EFT tapping, Chinese medicine, or any other alternative healing method? We have a group of insightful healers who have prepared courses and programs chosen just for you. Our focus is on making spirituality and wellness accessible, easy to find, and for every stage of your journey. We are here to help you feel loved, inspired, aligned, connected, grounded, intuitive, supported, in harmony, free and expanded. So come over to the Paradise Movement app and download it for yourself, for you to feel good about yourself. It is available on the Google Play Store and on the Apple App Store. Your future self will thank you. So go and download it now. And I think a lot of people find yoga when they have trauma as well because it's Mm -hmm. something that you might get triggered by not yoga but you will get triggered by something and then you're then trying to find alternative healing and you then come into yoga and be like oh wow this is why I found yoga because I now feel better about the trauma or I now know how to deal with it when it comes Mm -hmm. back up again yeah for sure that and yeah you've really spoken to that really well actually Gem like I didn't know at the time after that bad relationship and then later on in the times when I was recovering from from being attacked didn't really realize that just lying down either on on my side because I wasn't a big fan of being on my back after those times I was like okay I just need to get there whenever I get there yeah and that happened you know it was again that was like a process all of its own but I didn't really realize that actually having a lie down was a legit way of looking after yourself yeah And there's so much to be said about the the processes of healing that happen when we do give ourselves space to lie down. And if you don't wanna lie down, you can sit or rest against a cushion or something. It's not like everything has to be done one certain way, but that calmer, quiet time just to be with the breath is the kind of basis foundation of what's 
become known as the relaxation response. And that was written, written about a lot in books and sort of like 1960s and 70s. They sort of underpinned the sort of more formalized teachings that came into like hypnotherapy and so on, like going sort of further forward in time. But it's that it's within the relaxation that proper genuine healing can happen in our bodies. Yeah. So if we're too busy and too strung out, those good things that we might be doing for a little bit of time on our yoga mat, maybe once a week, if we don't integrate those with rest and a friendly attitude towards ourselves, which is so easier said than done. I don't expect people are like, oh, like I'm my own best friend. Like, no, and also yeah. that makes me want to puke. It's like a really bad cliche. Yeah. Um, but we can offer ourselves some more gentle quietness and, and it's within those spaces. That's where healing is. Yeah. And if someone was to come to yoga, like for the first time, what would you say? Because everybody is mm. different with their yoga practice or their trauma and and yeah, do you have like something that you would say to a new person? Or totally. you, say, like, yeah, you have to be here for five minutes or you have to do an hour or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, one thing that I'd want to sort of drop in to people who are really new is remember that everything a teacher is saying is an invitation. It's an option. It's an idea, a suggestion. You're not there to follow everything that they say and do it perfectly. There's nothing about yoga, which is supposed to be a perfect experience anyway. So we can chuck out that misconception to start with, but you know, people are within good company to have that misconception about yoga because the way that it's represented, if people look at photographs of people doing particular yoga shapes on Instagram, yeah. you'll see somebody in this crazy looking back bend and you're like, well, that's me out. I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. And, you know, fair play. I'm in that camp as well. Um, but that person who comes first of all to not be, not let their practice all that time on the mat today get overshadowed by maybe what they think yoga should be. And they're totally forgiven for having those thoughts about what they think yoga should be anyway. So just saying like, it's time for them. Um, everything's a suggestion, like I just said. Um, and go with what feels good, maybe get a bit curious about the things that don't feel so good. And this is within the physical practice, right? So generally, if you're going into a yoga class, what you're going to be going to is asana. So like the physical strand of yoga, or one of the eight limbs of yoga, you know, um, and within an asana class, hopefully the teacher's going to be um demonstrating portraying the different aspects of yoga as well so you know if you were fly on the wall and you walked into a class you'd see a bunch of people doing different shapes you downward dog and various different things lunges what have you but what wants to also be going on is teaching from the teacher he's dropping in like little bits of ideas to help you maybe feel a little bit softer to help you feel a little bit calmer to help you feel a little bit more focused or present but not so focused that you're like completely you know not even present anymore it's like you're only focused on one thing it's kind of taken in a focus which is enabling you to be at the center of something yeah. whilst everything else like goes on around you so you're aware but not completely thrown off by outside stuff you know particularly if you're seeing other people on different mats doing different stuff yeah. that was my thing like that was my story I'd then look up and be like oh my god that person looks really different to me <laughs> or oh my god I'm doing it wrong and you know you're free to have those thoughts your thoughts won't just stop 
when you go to a yoga class, particularly for the first time, they're likely to get even more noisy. Um, But my invitation to people is just hang out with it for maybe a few classes in a row and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. And would you bring meditation or quietness into your daily practice? If you- oh, totally. Well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, for myself, I meditate. I try meditate every day. I really notice when I don't meditate every day. So, you, you know, there might be like one day a week goes by where I haven't and I'm like, okay, I was a little bit shitty with somebody today. Yeah. And uh, not just because I'm premenstrual, actually because I feel like I didn't have the space to deal with what kind of reaction I wanted to have with that person rather than just like snap at them straight away yeah yeah guess what everyone yoga teachers are human (laughs) um (laughs) we're not from another planet we do normal human things like get annoyed and things um so yeah I do bring into the way that I teach I bring into class meditation people might not realize that they're doing meditation at the time but it's certainly happening and you know, we know that meditation is working, not when we're doing it, but when we experience the challenge in life. And it seems like we've got a little bit more open space to decide how we're going to respond and how we're going to be in the face of that challenge. And, you know, that's the kind of icing on the cake of meditation. It's like, ah, this is it. This yeah. is why I do it. Yeah, that's so true. And what are two takeaway points from today's conversation? Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Sorry. Mm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Just thinking about the kind of material I've already spoken about and what people can take away from that. I think um, it's fine to come to the yoga mat, like however you are. Yeah. You know, everything is welcome. You don't, have to turn up to your yoga class trying to feel particularly calm or zen you don't have to be in your class feeling calm (laughs) you can just let yourself be how you're being and let whatever arises on that emotional level the mental level let those things come up and generally when we move we can let those more difficult things those emotions everything on the mental layer we can let those things kind of flow around and move through us. But also when we come back into stillness, we can practice sitting with those difficulties as well. So yeah, first thing you can be however you like when you turn up to yoga, probably don't come drunk though. That'd be a bit of a difficult thing for yourself to deal with plus the teacher. So do have some boundaries (laughs) around that. Um, And yeah, number two, people are dealing with um episodes of challenge or things that have been events that have been traumatizing in life like there's a wealth of help that's out there um there's obviously the practices that I really advocate for like Reiki and yoga um and various other healing modalities that have been really really helpful for me in terms of recovering from sexual violence Um, So I'm just going to name a couple and then people can look them up if they want. I found um, EMDR very helpful. That's eye movement, um, reprocessing and desensitization. Um, And then also um, somatic experiencing. And that's something that I'm really weaving into my own and my teaching yoga as well. Um, So, yeah, just two little bits there that people can look at if they want to. Oh, that's amazing. And where can we find you? What's your website or your social media channels? Yeah. So the website is your enough 
yoga.com. Um, so spell how it sounds. Imagine that you were writing, um, you are enough, but instead you write you're enough. So it's just that, but without the apostrophe, I'm sure we can put it in any link underneath, yeah, yeah, we'll do, yeah. underneath the, the show as well. So you're enough yoga.com. I'm also on Instagram. I have a bit of a love hate relationship with Instagram. Sometimes I'm like, get away from me. Other times I'm like, Oh, I feel like being visible. And I think that goes with the cycles of being a woman as well. Some days. Yes. It's like, yeah. And other days are like, fuck off. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm also on that. And again, that's you're enough yoga with Sarah Wheeler. Perfect. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so much fun. How fun. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Jem. Oh, so as always, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. So please leave a comment or tag me on social media using at Yogi Gemma. I'm always so grateful to hear your thoughts. And thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. I will be back next week with another one, another fun episode for you guys to listen to. And also please leave a review on iTunes or like and subscribe to this podcast because it really means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much and I will see you very soon.